Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Okay, guys, here we go. We are starting in a brand new series, and I've been looking forward to this, like I said, for a while. The, the name of this series is I Gotta Pray About It. I Gotta Pray About It. Come on, if you're taking notes, write it down. If, if you're not taking notes, just throw that in the chat right now. I Gotta Pray About It. Have you ever, have you ever been around the I Gotta Pray About It guy? Like, any potential question you might ask them about their plans. They're like, oh, I don't know, I gotta pray about it. And you're like, I was just asking if you wanna go for a milkshake. What's the part that you need to pray about? And it's like they use prayer as a reason not to, or maybe you've had that moment where you're asking someone out on a date and you're like, hey, I'd just love to take you for coffee, get to know you a little bit better. And they're like, oh, I gotta pray about it. And you're like, okay, which part though? About the coffee part or the getting to know me a little better part? Have you ever been around that person that I gotta pray about it person? You know, there's, there's a, a, another kind of a I gotta pray about it person. That, the, the people who are never emotionally engaged in the moment, but they're, oh, hey, praying for you. Now, I'm gonna be honest. There have been times in my life where, where someone shared a need with me and I've been like, hey, I'm gonna be praying for you. And then I forget to do so. Are you with me? Have you ever been there? Oh, it's terrible. They're like, hey, you know, I've just got this thing going on with my hip. And you're like, hey, I'll be praying for it. And then you never think about their hip ever again. Well, I want to encourage you, if that's you, why don't you make it a, a, a new resolution this year, just kind of a new resolve that when I could pray for someone, I'm just going to pray for them right now. I love doing that. Like, hey, can I just stop you? Can I pray for you right now? And, uh, and really make sure that we're bringing God into this equation. I got to pray about it. I gotta pray about it. It's funny, some of the things that, that, that people say they gotta pray about, and yet they never pray about the things that really matter. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about. It's like, hey, I gotta pray about my plans for this weekend. And you're like, it's, it's like Friday night, so it's kinda already the weekend. What's there still to pray about? And yet they're not praying about big things, like God's purpose for their life, about the, the character in their life developing, about the needs that take place around them instead of prayer. They're pushing towards anxiety instead of prayer. They're just constantly uh, living in worry and stress, but then they're praying about the little things. Have you ever asked yourself the question, am I praying about the right stuff? Or have you ever asked yourself the question, am I praying the right way? Like, I feel like my prayers aren't really working. Is, is there like a, a method that I'm missing? Maybe like the disciples who asked Jesus, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? I think that's so compelling. They spent time with Jesus and their ask was not, hey, can you teach me how to do the, the miracles that you do? That multiplication of bread and fish thing was awesome. I want to do that. But instead, what they observed in Jesus was this consistent prayer life. And so they said, Jesus, can you teach us to pray the way that you pray? Well, over these next few weeks, I want to just talk about prayer a little bit. Maybe some, some aspects of the method, but more than anything, I want to inspire us again how effective and powerful our prayers can be, how much of a difference they really and truly can make in our world. Now, let's get real with one another. Our world needs some prayer. And when I talk about that, I mean like the general sense, the, the whole wide world but also your direct sphere of influence. It needs, some, it needs some miraculous. 
It needs some, some prayer. We need God to intervene. I'm telling you right now, if you feel like, no, I'm doing good, then, then you are missing the big picture and you are missing the potential that your life could have for the, the extraordinary, for the miraculous. If you think that you don't need the supernatural intervention of God. I've heard people say before, I need the Holy Spirit in my life so I can make big life altering decisions and I can act always in wisdom. And the truth is we need the Holy Spirit in our lives to just like wake up and go to work with a good attitude. We need the Spirit of God working in our lives to, to make good micro decisions that take place throughout the day and to love our spouses and to care for our kids and to put our best work effort forth in everything that's set before us. We need God. We need God to intervene. And so I want to talk about prayer. Now, if you could, turn with me to the book of James. We're going to go to the book of James first. And uh, I love James. James, he, he ruffles some feathers. James is not always easy to take in. In fact, there have been uh, some people throughout church history who have felt like, mm, can we just get rid of James as a book? You know, it's a little bit in your face. Like when James th says things like this, if you have faith and no works, then you got no faith. Oh man, James, he's like, you're, you're making some enemies with that stuff, James, because it, it kind of seems to be the counterbalance to a lot of what Paul says when Paul's talking so much about grace, and then James is like, yeah, grace is good, but we got to respond to that grace as well. Now, the more you read it, the more you're going to love it. The more you, you love it, you're going to find that they really, really dovetail together perfectly. That yes, God is the one who's the giver of every good and perfect gift. But yes, he's also the one who is asking us to live a life in response. Well, check out what James says in chapter 5. Okay, James chapter 5 and verse 16. It says this, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Then it says this, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, get out a pen and underline that. Or if you're on an app, make sure you highlight that right now. Check it out. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. One of the evidences of a, a prayer life is that you're walking in the power of God and the, the, the work of God is affecting the world around you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, I have prayed some prayers that seem to lack power. And in my own way of thinking and, and looking, I'm like, I think not only did they lack power, they had no effect whatsoever. You ever prayed a prayer like that? And it's like a, a, a rote type of prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for this incredible food. I pray that you bless it to our bodies in Jesus' name. Amen. You know what I'm talking about. You have maybe some of those really memorized type of prayers. Or maybe you find yourself when you pray, your voice kind of changes and you get really like oddly spiritual and you're saying words that you'd never normally say. Dearest Lord of heavens, oh, your majesty. Like it just gets weird. Maybe you pray, pray the way you think God wants to be talked to or the way you've overheard someone else pray. And then you look back and you say, I don't think that had any power. And it didn't seem very effective at all. Well, if you're like me, the, the, the first conclusion in that logic of what James is saying is my, my prayer wasn't powerful and my prayer wasn't effective. So maybe I am not righteous. Come on, are you with me? 
Ryan, you with me? You ever felt that way? You're like, if my prayers aren't working, I must be the problem here. I must be uh, incorrect and I must be flawed. And there's so many Christians who they, they know Jesus, but they live in constant condemnation because they just don't feel like their life is very powerful. They don't feel like there's very much effectiveness going on in the world around them. Well, check this out, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, because we need to balance what James is saying in James 5, 16 with 2 Corinthians 5, 21. It says this, God made him who had no sin, that's Jesus, to become sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay, so if Jesus has done the work that I could become righteous, and that you could become righteous. You're like, hold up. No, 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 I'm a sinner. True. But Jesus, he made, he made himself, though he's sinless, take our place of sinfulness so that we could take his place of righteousness. It's that scandal of grace that Ryan just sang about today. What a scandalous thought that Jesus goes, oh no, I will take your place. Now you take my place. You are now the righteousness of God. If that's true, then the righteousness can't be the part of this equation that is missing. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you know Jesus, then you're a righteous person. And if you're not seeing the type of power and effectiveness that you want to see, it must not be the righteousness piece. In fact, today I want to, I want to make the, the argument that perhaps it's just the prayer piece. Perhaps you, you are completely the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because Jesus made you that. And maybe there's just a, a piece of prayer that's kind of missing. Maybe your heart has not become warmed to the thought of how much prayer actually matters. And so today, in just a couple minutes, I hope I can draw our attention towards that. Tonight, as we gather on IG Live, I hope our, our hearts could be warmed to that reality that God actually cares and he listens to us and he wants to hear what we have to say. And throughout these weeks, as we every day at noon jump on an IG Live, have a little guided prayer, perhaps day by day and step by step, our hearts would become more warm to this reality that God cares to hear what we have to say. So let's go back to James and grapple with this a bit. He says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And then because James is such a great preacher, he never makes a point without painting a picture. And here is the picture he paints to try to illustrate this for us, to try to draw our attention towards what he's getting at. He says this, verse 17, Elijah was a human being just like we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and so it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced crops. So he uses the image and the illustration of Elijah. Now, this is actually a little bit of humor. He's kind of poking at people because Elijah was considered like this perfect, flawless person. In fact, Elijah is one of the two people recorded in, in biblical history that it seems as though he didn't even die. He, he was living with God and walking in obedience. And then God sends down a chariot of fire from heaven and just goes, hey man, you don't need to go through the pain of death. Just, just come join me here. And there's Elisha and these other prophets watching as, as Elijah ascends in a chariot of fire. Elijah, he was the man. In fact, at, at Jesus' transfiguration, this moment in time where Peter and James and John were with Jesus and went, whoa, this is truly the Son of God. It was like Moses and Elijah who, who 
are in eternity somehow met with Jesus. And, and they're like, yeah, you need to know that he's got the authority of the, the law. He's the fulfillment of the law. He's also the power of this charismatic prophet that is Elijah all in one. Hold up. James, are you saying that I have to be as righteous as Elijah in order to have my prayers be powerful and effective? And James is going, well, no, you are as righteous as Elijah. Because Elijah was just a human. Elijah was just a human who was walking in God's grace. Are you a human? Well, yeah, I think so. Are you walking in God's grace? I sure hope so. Then you're just like Elijah. And then he says this, Elijah prayed. And friends, I want to ask you the question today, really simply, I guess it's a little bit blunt. Are you praying? Like, do you pray for stuff? Are you praying about things? Is, is prayer a first response for you? Or is it that thing that weeks and months into stressing about something, you're like, well, I guess there's nothing left to do but pray. And it feels like your hopeless resignation that all hope is lost. Well, Elijah was a human just like us. Imperfect, completely flawed, changed by the grace of God. And he prayed. In fact, I think there's a few things that even in this, this little description of his prayer that could remind us and maybe challenge us in the way that we pray. First thing I notice is this. In fact, why don't you turn there with me so you don't just have to take my word for it. You can find it right here in the Bible. Ryan, I'm going to ask you to turn to it as well. We're all going there together. Go to 1 Kings, if you would. 1 Kings, uh, and we're going to go to chapter 18. 1 Kings, chapter 18. Now, this is so interesting to me. This is Elijah in probably his biggest moment of victory. Think with me for a second. What was your biggest moment of victory? Maybe for some, you're like, the day I got my learner's license. I did it. Maybe you're like, oh man, that day that I graduated uh, college or high school or university, maybe for you is the day you met the person that you're spending the rest of your life with or the day that you had a, a baby. Maybe for some, you're like, it hasn't happened yet. It's the day I retire from my job and it's coming in 14 more years or whatever it might be. Perhaps for some of you, you think of like your best moments and you go back to childhood, you're like, the day that I won at dodgeball. I don't know what your top day is, what your, your best victory is. But for Elijah, I think this was probably it. Elijah just, he took on 450 prophets and they were all serving Baal. And he said, hey, my God is the only real God. And they had a showdown. You could read it. If it were on a movie, my goodness, someone's got to make this movie. It would just be like edge of your seat type of action. And Elijah, he's at the forefront of this incredible victory that actually turns revival in his whole nation. Now, I hope that you and I get to experience moments like that where we get to be on the front line of revival taking place in our nation. Elijah had a moment like that. And as soon as it was over, everyone else is rejoicing. Everyone else is partying. You know what Elijah does? He goes to pray. Now, I think we could draw this conclusion that sometimes we need to pray when it would be logical to just party. What I get from this is that prayer for Elijah was not reactionary. Prayer for Elijah was a first response. Prayer for Elijah was a lifestyle Maybe if you find that I don't think my prayers are very powerful or effective, perhaps prayer has not become a lifestyle for you. Perhaps you, you wait until the last possible option and then go, I guess I got to pray now. But for Elijah, the way he prayed 
was I'm going to include God in this situation first. Check this out. First, first Kings chapter 18 uh, it says this, uh, verse 41. Verse 41, he says, Elijah speaking to Ahab, he goes, hey, Ahab, go eat and drink, for there's the sound of a heavy rain. So Elijah went off to eat and to drink. He went to party, but uh, that's what Ahab did. But Elijah climbed, climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bent down to the ground. He put his face between his knees and he began to pray. Maybe for you and I, the thing that would change all the power, all the effectiveness in our prayer life is that we actually develop a prayer lifestyle. That we don't let prayer be the thing that, that we resolve to do at the very end of all our other options, but we make it our first response. Now remember, the prayer of a righteous person, which you are, if you know Jesus, is powerful and effective. Elijah was a person just like you and I. The difference is he prayed. The difference is he put prayer on the top of the list of priorities. Let's do the same. This year, 2021, it's like a fresh start. You turn the page of your calendar. Here we are. New year, new me. Are you with me? You're, you're planning. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to style my hair a little different this year. I think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my fashion a little this year. I'm going to change this habit in my life. I'm going to lose some weight. Maybe for some, you're trying to put on some weight. Maybe for some, you're saying, I'm going to watch a little less TV. What if we made this our resolution? I'm going to learn to pray first. I'm going to learn to actually live this way, that I got to pray about it. I got to make this my priority because I want God's power and effectiveness in my life. The second thing I noticed about Elijah, check this out. It says uh, this, he's praying and he's praying specifically for rain. Now, you and I, I don't know how specific our prayers are. Maybe we pray these weak, ineffectual prayers like this. God, you're God anyway, so just do what you're going to do. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not a prayer. Prayer is asking. Prayer is bringing a request to God. Prayer is investing our hope and our confidence and our faith in saying, God, I, I desperately need you. Imagine if we bring that desperation to the table before situations get desperate. Think about that. If we bring that type of reliance, God, I need you for everything. In every hour, I need you. You have the answers and I want to live in the fullness of life. But the second thing I notice is this, that Elijah, when he's praying for rain, he's praying and he asks his servant, he says, can you go see if there's any evidence of rain? And so the servant goes to see and he comes back and says, no, there's nothing there. Then Elijah says to him, okay, go back and see again. And the servant comes back again and he says, no, no, there's nothing there. And Elijah goes, cool, 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 cool. Okay, go back and see again. And then he comes back and he says, no, no, there's no evidence of rain. And Elijah goes, all right, all right, okay, go back and see again. And he comes back for the fourth time and there's no rain. And Elijah says, okay, go back again. Are you getting the repetition thing here? And he comes back and says, there's no rain. Elijah says, go back again. And he comes back for a sixth time. He says, Elijah, there's no clouds. There's nothing in the sky. There's no evidence of rain. And Elijah says, all right, then go back again. And on the seventh time, the, the servant comes back and he goes, well, I don't know if this is much to report, but there is one cloud. It's about the size of my hand. And Elijah goes, yep. So I was looking for. Second, second thing we could conclude from this about Elijah's prayer life is that he continued to pray when maybe you and I would just quit. See, prayer doesn't only require that it's a priority in our life. Prayer requires some persistence. It requires some perseverance that we, we push through. Keep asking. Like, keep asking. It's funny. I never have to have to remind my kids to keep asking me for things. I never have to remind them to keep on reminding me of things. We, we just had the Christmas season, and, 
And you know, inevitably, there's one or two things that the kids need my help with in order to construct and put together. I don't have to remind them to remind me. They keep on reminding me. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Hey, hey, dad, when are we going to have some time to build that toy? When are we going to have some time for this? And uh, I think that might be why Jesus says that there's something effective about having faith like a child. A child doesn't walk in constant uh, passive-aggressive rejection going, well, he said no the first time. He probably doesn't care. They just keep asking. Maybe we could have that attitude when it comes to prayer. Just keep on bringing our requests to God. Keep on bringing, the, every time we, we notice it, just say, hey God, me again, happy to bring this up to you. Look at Elijah's persistence. Maybe for some of us, when we sent the servant once and we got a reply, no, there's nothing, we'd say, oh, I'm so bad at praying. And we'd say, oh, okay, God's, he's, he's made his answer known. He doesn't care. Oh, I, I, I was wrong. God didn't want it to rain after all. But Elijah persists. Can I challenge us, Vivid Church? Let's persist in prayer this year. Let, let's keep pushing through in prayer this year. Is a, is a miracle less significant if you had to wait for it longer? Don't even take time to answer that question. The answer is no. We keep on persisting in prayer. We pray until we see results. We keep on asking until the last moment possible. Let's just keep on bringing our requests to God. The prayer of a righteous person, like you, is powerful and effective because you're just like Elijah. And when Elijah prayed, stuff happened. Imagine this. He goes, Elijah was a human just like us. Now, what was Elijah's life marked by? The miraculous. And he never died. Kind of sounds like you and I, doesn't it, Ryan? A miraculous life where we're walking with the Spirit and a life that God has promised would be eternal. Elijah's a person just like us. He prayed and it made a difference. When you pray, it can make a difference. Don't stop praying when it feels easy to quit. I know people who have, have prayed for healing and when they didn't experience it immediately, they say, well, I guess God just wants me sick. Don't buy into that lie. There've been people who, who've prayed for a healthy relationship and when they don't meet the right one on the first day, they're like, well, I guess, I guess I'll just have an unhealthy one then. No, 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 persist, pray. For, for that, there, there's been people who've prayed for, uh, you know, some sort of miraculous breakthrough in their business. And when it doesn't happen in quarter one, they're like, well, this business was a failure. No, no, persist in prayer. There's certainly been people who have prayed for loved ones who are lost and far from Jesus. And unfortunately, when they don't see what looks like revival happening right away, it's so easy to just quit and to stop praying. Let's re-engage in the act of prayer. Let's start again. Let's do it. Come on, let's make this a year of prayer, that we make prayer our first response. It's a priority, and we learn to persist in prayer. Now, I noticed the third thing about Elijah's prayer life here that I think if we were to apply, would have probably affected the, the, the power and effectiveness of our prayers as well. He's not more righteous because our righteousness is in Jesus. But look at this. After his servant comes back and goes, well, I see one cloud. It's the size of a man's hand, though, so I'm not really sure if that's significant. And Elijah says, yep, that's it. He goes, go tell Ahab to hitch up his chariots and go down before the rain stops him. In other words, in that moment, when, when God began to answer, Elijah stopped praying. This is a controversial point right here, but for some of us, we need to stop praying when it would feel logical to keep going. Pastor Justin, what are you saying? I should pray more and then I should pray less? Kind of. You see here, Elijah stops asking God for the same thing once God gives his answer. Isn't that cool? Because sometimes I think we get 
kind of the wrong type of motivation around prayer. When it seems like it begins to work, we're like, ooh, if one prayer is good, what about 10 prayers? I'll just focus on what's working. But, but prayer also requires some trust. Prayer also requires a, a step of faith. Prayer also has to have this moment of peace where we go, God's got this. In fact, I want to challenge you, pray until the burden to pray lifts. And then instead of forgetting to pray, just say, God, I'm going to just trust you with this now. You see, see, see what I'm saying? For so many of us, we're like, well, God, I guess you'll just do whatever you want to do. I'm sorry for praying. Just do your thing. But then we walk in like this weight because we feel like God probably doesn't even care. Well, no, no, pray well, for as long as you have that burden. And when the burden begins to lift, say, God, now I'm leaving it in your hands. I trust you. And when you begin to feel a burden again, pray again. So, so see, see this mix that takes place. It would have been possible for Elijah to go, wow, seven prayers equals one cloud. I need 10 clouds, ergo, you know, carry the one, yeah, 70 prayers. It would be possible to try to turn prayer into a formula. If one prayer is good, then two is better. But prayer also involves some trust. And so he sees a singular cloud in a land that hasn't had rain for three and a half years. And he goes, yep, that's all I need. God's faithful. God keeps all his promises. I needed that one moment of reminder that God is on the move. Now it's not in my hands anymore. It's this interesting that dynamic that takes place in prayer where God says, I'll actually respond to the faith that you have. But so often we lack very much faith. And so we also need God to give us some faith that he can respond to and God, who's generous and kind and loving, he goes, you need a little more faith? I'm going to give you a little more faith. And then he sees the faith in us and goes, wow, that faith looks good. I'm going to respond to that faith. How good is God? <laughs> so he's reminding us to pray as a first response. In other words, make it a priority. He's reminding us to keep on praying, keep on asking, keep on caring. So in other words, we need some persistence in our prayer. He's also reminding us that there's a moment where you just let go and let God, and that's about the peace that comes in prayer. It's a peace thing. And fourth, last point I want to make today, as Elijah is praying. So he, he's praying when it would be easy to party, but prayer is his first response. He's not waiting until things are desperate. And then he is praying even when it seems like there is no answer, but that's okay because prayer takes some persistence. It's childlike faith to keep on asking. And then he stops when it would be easy to keep going because he goes, well, God's got it. Why would I keep carrying this burden? I've, I've let it go and God's got this. And then the fourth thing is this. He says to Elijah go, uh, or to Ahab, go hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. And then verse 45, it says, meanwhile, the skies grew black with clouds and the wind rose and a heavy rain started to fall on Ahab. Verse 46, the power of the Lord came on Elijah, so he tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Elijah all the way to Jezreel. Fourth thing I want to say about our prayer. Fourth thing, I think this is a statement about prayer, is Elijah positioned himself in a place where he needed God. Too many of us are living too safe of a life. It is interesting to me that over these last number of months, we have made safety our highest priority. Safety has become our only virtue. As long as we're safe, as long as everything feels safe, as long as everything feels like there's no risk involved whatsoever. And so we've altered the way we live our lives. We've changed the way that, that everything takes place in the world in the, the name of safety as if we're in control of our safety as if God wasn't the one who is our protector and provider. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go all politics on you. That, that's not the time or the place. But, but think about it for a minute. How motivated the world has been around just, we've got to be more safe. 
And then here's Elijah. He positions himself in a place where he's going to need the power of God. The power of God comes upon him, and so he runs ahead of the king's chariot, and he beats him there. Now, there's a balance in this, and, and, and somehow it would feel like maybe it's a little easier to say in a room. I could be like, okay, guys, don't be reckless now. This is not about, about putting ourselves in unnecessary danger to somehow prove God's power in our life, but it is saying this, that I'm not going to shy away from things that require courage. Come on, Vivid, we are not going to shy away from things that, that require our courage. We're not going to look for what looks like the easiest, most logical way that won't, won't make any waves, everything will be easy. We want to be positioned in a place where we keep on needing God. That's why, as a church, we're just never going to stop starting. I feel like Elijah sometimes. Here we go, tucking our cloak in our belt again, putting ourselves in a position where we need God again. I want to stay in that place of desperation because prayer is about priority it's about persistence it's about peace but it's also about positioning ourselves at the front it's about positioning ourselves in a place where we need God it's about positioning ourselves in the places that really truly matter and saying God use me I'm gonna need your power I don't want my, my life story to be that one time where you came through. I want my life story to be every step I took, I relied upon the power of God. Ryan, I'm going to invite you to come back up. We're going to sing and, and kind of close this time right now. But two things I want to say. Number one, if you're here today and uh, you feel like I need, man, I need my prayer life to become more evident in my life, more power and more effectiveness. I want to challenge you strongly and warn you. This, this could really quickly turn into condemnation where you go, oh, I've been such a failure of a Christian. We'd be missing the whole point altogether. Instead, let it motivate us today. Don't let your resolution to pray more be because you've failed at praying. Just let it be that you want to see the power of God alive and working in your life. Your prayers matter. They're powerful and they are effective. So let's resolve. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to pray as a priority. I'm going to pray with perseverance. I'm going to pray with that type of peace where I, I let my burdens go and I'm going to position myself where I keep on needing to pray. I don't want a life story, a testimony that has one moment of victory. I want to walk in continuous, ongoing victory. So I'm going to pray for that for every one of us. And then we're going to walk in it. We've we got to. We have to practice this thing. We've got to get better at it because i got to pray about it. But the second group of people I want to pray for is if you're watching today and you say, you know what, I don't know that I've ever received the grace of God in my life. I'm not sure that I've ever asked Jesus to... to change me on the inside. If that's true, then, then right now prayers are not as effective and not nearly as powerful as they could be because they are built upon that righteousness of Jesus. They're built upon an understanding of God's grace. So can I pray with you? If that's you today, I don't want to just say pray more. Wherever you are, just pray more. Actually, let's get this heart thing right before God and, and receive his righteousness and his grace. Can I pray with you? Jesus, I ask right now for every one of my friends who's far from you, who's not in relationship with you, or who has actively, willingly chose to go the other way. And today, as we begin this new year, they're saying, I need to come back to that place of relationship and surrender. If that's you right now, just pray this type of prayer. Jesus, I give you my life. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for my, my, my sin. I receive your grace. And if you pray a prayer like that, you are now the righteousness of God 
in Christ Jesus. You are completely pure. You are made new. You are made whole. You're restored and before God, you're perfect. So guess what? You're in the best position to begin to pray and it's going to have power and it's going to have effectiveness. Jesus, for each one of us, I ask right now, God, would you stir us up in prayer? May this year be a year marked by prayer, more priority on prayer, more perseverance in prayer, a release and a fresh peace in prayer. And may we as a church, not only individuals, but collectively be in a position where we need you more and more. Would you work in our midst this year? In Jesus' name, thank you, God. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.